welcome to another episode of Conversations with Mo. What up, what up? Ooh, Good morning. Morning. It is bright and early. What time is it? Oh, man, it's almost 1030. <sighs> welcome to another episode of Conversations with Mo. What's up, Mo? Hey, boo. How are you? I am present and accounted for. Yes. You know, it's always good to see you. you are like a ray of sunshine. And then <laughs> yeah. your nails look like a ray of sunshine. Oh my, yes. <laughs> anyway, so welcome to another episode. We are excited to be here this week. Um, last week was very exciting. I actually got a lot of feedback about, I meant to tell you that, I got a lot of feedback about last week. Um, just people like one girl who has a podcast, um, her name is um, Maya. She has a podcast called Trippin', but she listens to us, and she hit me up, and she was like, I, I just can relate every week. <laughs> she was like, thank y'all. I, I just appreciate y'all so much. But um, we talked last week we talked about history versus chemistry. I think a lot that hit home with a lot of people because, um, you know, you've been in a situation before where you've just kind of, I don't want to say settle, but, I mean, basically that's what happens. You we settle. all have done it. Yeah, oh. you, you settle um, versus on the basis of meeting someone new, then keeping that, having that old thing back is mm. what I like to say. She want that old thing back. <laughs> mm. um, but shout out to B. Cooks for um, being on the show. I appreciate him. B. Cooks um, is the homie, y'all. He is. He, he really is the homie. And, you know, I've seen him, when he talked about last week when he was in a bad place, like I, I, I like vaguely like remember that, but I remember it because I re- I met him prior to that point in his life, and he was like in a really good spot, and then um, all of a sudden things just kind of changed, and it's amazing how relationships can change us, and how toxic relationships can be. And they just bring us to our lowest point where we're not even recognizable by our own peers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just commend him. And, and, you know, it's nothing to say anything bad about the person he was in a relationship with. Sometimes that shit just happened. You know, I don't really think we realize sometimes that the people that we are in relationships with just aren't the best people for us. Right. You know, they bring out the worst in us. We bring out the worst That's in amazing. them. You know, or we just have, like energy that just isn't there <clears throat> so um i'm definitely glad to see that he's made a change for a better um he has a younger daughter and he's just making it a point to be in her life mm-hmm. and you know you don't really see that I, I you know i get real amped up about good daddies is what i like to call them so um i'm always excited to see young black men taking care of home and their children even when they're not in relationships with these women and I'm glad he was able to talk about it because you get a lot of men that hide their feelings Mm -hmm. he came out and expressed every nook and cranny of his emotions and I loved it it was more so a oh yes you got a man that's coming out and speaking how he really feels you don't get most men that do that so I needed that because I actually felt that. So absolutely, absolutely. And I always like to have people on the show who are very transparent um, because I'm I'm transparent. So is Mo, and you know, even when Takoba was here, she's very extremely Mm -hmm. transparent, and that's what makes you relatable, and that's what has people actually constantly listening to the show. Mm -hmm. Um, So just I want to personally just thank Cooks one more time, and then every. Also, thank you to our listeners because 
we don't we could be rambling talking about a lot of shit people don't really want to hear but i really try to hit close to home with a lot of the things that we discuss because i feel like it's stuff that i've been through and then i actually get people to say well try to i want i want to hear about this or mm-hmm. i want to hear um what you have to say about this so we definitely try to move in that way but anyway so <clears throat> we have a very special guest here today. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. So um this guest is a very long term he he don't know. Like we almost cousins <laughs> in a sense, but he's a very long term friend of mine. Um I've known him from way, 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 way back in the day. And it's funny he's sitting here right now because he looks so much like his brother. <laughs> and it's it kind of freaks me out just a smidget. Um because me and his brother were really, really, really close. So but um welcome cousin Kobe. What or up? or what Kobe up? Harris, up, you know, whenever you want to want to call him, um, he's cousin Kobe on Facebook. Um, very influential young man, and he is just bringing so much positivity to the city, and I appreciate that so much. Appreciate it, appreciate it. So we are we are glad to have you here today. Um, especially for this particular topic, um, you and I have had some one-off conversations, mm-hmm. but this topic really hits close to home. Um, we are going to talk about dating. With depression. Ooh. Mm. Chale, chale, chale. I should have brought my coffee for this one. Because, mm. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I got this big old cup of water, but I crunch ice, so I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to do that. But um, one of the reasons why I want to talk about this, because I remember after I had Caitlin, I had severe postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, and even moving forward, I've, I recall being in my relationship with my ex and just being feeling so unfulfilled and so unhappy. I was extremely depressed. Oof. And I didn't really think that she was aware that I was depressed. I think she just thought that I was in a bad mood mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. So a few things we want to talk about, or I, I kind of want to kick things off. I want to talk about how, how do you identify... Uh, when you're, when you or even your mate is in a severe state of depression, um, because sometimes that could be hard to identify. Um, like I said, I, f- I feel like my ex thought I was just mad or angry all the time. I don't really think she understood the basis of how I felt. So Mo, you look like you want to say something. <laughs> um, back after I had my son in 2009, um, well, no, 2010. Excuse me. What? Um, Did you just forget that yeah, man's birthday? Yeah. I'm so glad he doesn't listen to uh, yeah. the show. <laughs> Son, I'm sorry, Bubba. I love you, baby. He's so um, sweet. He's my Bubba dub. That's the one that be calling, checking on me. Yeah, yes. he's, he's amazing. That's my other husband, child. He, <laughs> he's going to be a great, great dad. Yes. Or a great boyfriend. Like, he calls you. I'm sorry, and I'm getting off topic, but he calls you <laughs> like, Mama. Where you at? You coming home? I'll be gone 10 minutes, mama. You've been gone He's too so long. Sweet. Okay, I'm sorry. Carry on. So, um, after I had my son, two weeks after, you know, my husband is a great father. Anybody that knows my husband knows he has my kids more than I do. Mm-hmm. If I say I'm going somewhere, I'm taking my kids, he's right along with us. So, um, at one point, um, two weeks after I had my son, um, my husband got really, really ill. So, I'm in there holding my son, and next you know, I hear... You know, my husband's like, I don't feel good. I got to go to the hospital. I'm thinking, all right, something's not right. And I didn't see my husband for three weeks after that. I mean, I talked to him. Next thing you know, doctor tells me he's got stage four cancer. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, my husband's the type that shows really no emotion. No emotion, no 
anything. He communicates and talks to me. But battling through that and thinking, oh, I'm not going to be here for my kids. I'm not going to survive. I'm not going to do this. I can't do that. I knew he was depressed, but he did not communicate it with me at all. I think the hardest part, um, I think the signs that I saw was I would try to take care of him, but he would be away. He would kind of shoo away from me. or I'd try to hug him, show him love, let him know that I'm here, but he would push me away. And I always thought it was something that I was doing. Right. So I would try. I would always, and I didn't want to fuss or argue with him because he's in that state, but then I also had to think he's going through something. Right. Sure. So what do I do? Do I give him his space? Right. Or do I talk to him about it and make it more stressful for him? Yeah. So I think I went through that with him, but I think it was more so he was hurting. He didn't know how to take care of his family being in the situation that he's in. I can't work. My wife got to work two or three jobs. She's got to do this. She's got to do that. And at that point, I knew he was depressed. But once he got better, things started progressing differently, and we were able to talk at that time. But I guess you don't know what they're going through in their head. So yeah, right, right. trying to talk it out with them, especially with a man, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes I feel like it, in that situation, now that's different. I've never encountered that before. Mm-hmm. So definitely shout out for you to you for that. But I feel like it's hard to identify when a man is depressed. Because they hold well, that. I, I, think, I think mainly like men, it's, it's, it's funny, but, it, but it's deep, right? So I think, I think men, um, majority of it, of men are like one of the first signs of I think depression is when they're not willing like one of the signs is he wasn't willing to connect mm-hmm. with you right you know what I'm saying like when you kind of stuck in your own zone and you your own place of comfort if you will like I think that's the nest of mm-hmm. like depression so I think many men are they probably don't express it because they are and they don't know how to identify that thing, you know, like uh, Charlemagne has been doing the push with anxiety and, yeah. and doing the Woo! push Great with book, PTSD Jesus. and all that good stuff. Let me tell you, I, my anxiety be on 10 sometimes. I have a really hard time, like, let me ask you this. it all like, together. Do you know any men that have anxiety? Like, I don't like men. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right, right. I do, but I don't I don't deal with a lot of men like on a day-to-day basis. Right. Well, you know what? I take it back. I do. I live with one. Okay. I live with one. My okay. brother, I feel like my brother has some type of severe, but he's also he's been diagnosed with PTSD. Sure. So he's been in the military. All right, so undiagnosed men. No, I don't. Yeah, I I, I think it's is it, it happens more often. Than not and um, but men don't get get that chance to like live in that though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like because I I think it, there's a lot of things that a man has to do. Um, he still has to be the protector, right? He still has he still to has be to the provide. support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he still has to do all these things, and he had your husband had to weigh the the burden of oh man, like I'm not gonna be here, even though we know that, right? Mm-hmm. We know we. We're not gonna last forever, mm-hmm. but like just that, I guess that ring of the bell, like oh, your time is coming. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think in that, in a nutshell, um, I think a lot of boys who end up growing up to be men um, experience that early on. They don't know how to express themselves because at an early age Whew. they wasn't taught to. Jesus, mm-hmm. so, yeah. that's key. You know, and it's funny because it's funny that you said that because do you know? I find myself in conversations with men who get so offended mm-hmm. when I say you are you don't know how to communicate. 
you have a very piss poor <laughs> way of communicating. Because they're taught to be a man, toughen up, don't cry, right, don't do right. this, don't do that. But then if they say anything, they're labeled to be weak. Right. 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 And, you know, I've, I've actually found myself on the opposite end of saying man up or what are you doing or why would, yeah. you, why would you do that? And just my older self now, mm-hmm. just looking back, I feel so terrible. Yeah. Like, I feel bad because I feel like I may have contributed a lot to situations where I didn't have to right. or where I could have been more supportive right. and I could have been like, well, I'm sorry, I'm here for you. You know, I don't, I'm not really sure what you're going through, but let me just extend, you know, my love and concern. And I didn't really do that. Mm-hmm. Well, many women don't know, though. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you, you, if you don't know, you don't know. Right. And I think that's part of part of the the part of the situation. A lot of a lot of single women, right? We we know we got a lot of single women raising sons right. and things like that. Yeah. It's like like I don't think they know. They don't know like so they're growing they're growing this young man up with the perception of what they think a man is supposed to be, which is probably the perception from their dad. Right. Or their TV. grandfather, TV, mm-hmm. things Nicks like in that. The hood. But we all know like there is more than one way to be a man. Is it? It's more than one. It's like there's no blueprint on how to be a man. Well, I don't know. I'm not a man, so <laughs> I mean, there's no. And blueprint. I don't have a son. All right, so, so so like all right, so think about all the men that you've experienced in your life. You've you've connected with whether they were relatives, whether you were dating them or whatever. Right. So that world. Think about that world. All right. Um, I'm sure with every one of those men, like you could pull something positive or something great. Maybe they've taught you. Maybe you've learned from them. Maybe right. it, it gave you a blueprint or gave you this understanding of what a man is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But I think, like what I said, like women are, many people are growing up, like even men do it. Like, this is how my father is, so I'm going to raise you how I think, like, my father was. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I, and I think, like, for the most part, men grow up not expressing themselves. Right. Men grow up, um, like you talked about, like, with the perception of don't be weak, like mm-hmm. don't look like like imagine that single parent being like, "What you crying for?" Oh yeah, like, that's been said a lot of times. Oh right. yeah, hold your head up. Like you don't get Man to express don't your you don't get to express yourself or your world. And I think like think about that. You living with your thoughts and things that you want you probably want to express, and then you get to this level of adulthood, and then you don't know how. To come off of that, and then mm-hmm. I think a lot of a lot of men run into those relationships and don't know how that to they express it. Had, don't know how to express themselves, and then they got the luggage and they're bringing it into this relationship. And Ooh, the relationship, don't you like, talk about that baggage, honey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're bringing it into Jesus. the relationship, and it end up, you know, being a bad thing. And then the man get a bad rep for it. Mm-hmm. And it's learned behavior. That's all Ooh, they know. Don't talk about learned behavior. Mm, I learn. think a lot of times we don't even understand or are, are able to identify learned behavior. Um, yeah. I tell people about learned behavior all the time because that's something that you picked up at the house. Right. That's something that you came into this relationship with. That's something that you have seen your grandma do, mm-hmm. your mama do, your auntie do, and you have just thought that that is the way. And so you grow up thinking the same thing. You know, it's funny because I've seen this meme, and this is a little off subject, but I've seen this meme that says, stop dressing your sons like the niggas you date. Ooh. 
Ooh, and he had this little boy, and he had, like, his pants sagging. He had, like, <laughs> money hanging out of his pocket. And he had, like, a little bootsy fade or with a little, like, he was cute. But it was just, it looked like a nigga that I probably right. would see in the three or something. Yeah. No, and man. so I was like, why do we do that? Like, yeah. you know, I even say that now with kids. I feel like I see some kids, and they have, they, they're, like, dressed like me. And I'm like, why? Why do we? Why are we forcing such a, a, a lifestyle or something on our kids when they're like three or two or? Mm-hmm. But anyway, totally yeah, off subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But I remember um, just going back when I had postpartum. I just remember being in a very bad. Me and my daughter's father were in a terrible space. Uh, I never knew how toxic we were for each other until after my daughter was born. Mm-hmm. I never saw how mean he, like he was so nice to me prior to my daughter being born and then all of a sudden Caitlin was born it was like like I was like who is this you guy asshole. <laughs> like he would say stuff to me and I would be like are you kidding me? And it just threw me like for a loop. Right. I didn't know how to respond and I think it was because my my rationale of it was because he felt like other people were invading on our family, mm-hmm. our little family. But she was like the first grand, great-grandchild. She was my parents' first grandchild. Mm-hmm. She was like a first on both sides mm-hmm. of his family and my family. So my family is a little different, though. They're a little, you know... Throwing elbows, move, bitch, get out of the way, type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, we gon' we coming over here to see her. No, we, you know, we doing mm-hmm. this, we doing that, and he just felt like he couldn't. I think he felt like he couldn't get enough time with her, mm-hmm. and so or you, yeah, or or, you. or, or yeah, me. Yeah. Or Instead me. of being mean to you, he could have com- communicated that with you, right? And well, he, well, and I don't think he was being mean. I think it was a way of expression, right? Right, and that's what I was gonna say. Is like. I don't think necessarily, like you said, like that's that's his form of, of expression, right? Because right? like, like, like you talked about, like it's it's rare that you would see men being soft, men like being soft. You know what I'm saying? So what's like, what's the other emotion that they can express mm-hmm. without illustrating that they are soft? It's usually like the gorilla, like they go to that mode of being aggressive. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But, and he was just like, he was like, why, why can't I do this and why can't I do that right. and why does everybody have to? Why I gotta wash my hands and why I gotta put oh. a blanket on my shirt? And, you know, the, yeah, you know them old school about, rules. Yeah, 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 yeah. And my mom, so I lived with my mom right after we came home from the hospital, so. It was wash your hands when you hold that baby. If you, whatever regular clothes you got, you need to drape yourself with a blanket. Don't lean her face up against your clothes. Don't kiss on her in the face. So my mom was extremely, (laughs) extremely strict. Now, mind you, I'm not no young child having no baby. Like, I'm 21. I mean, which is young. But I've been to college and all this good stuff. So I'm just like, I can't, like, go against this lady in her own house. So I'm looking at him like, hey, just keep calm. No, like, he didn't understand that. Yeah, he didn't. And then also, too, like, with you going through uh, severe postpartum, like, you were extra sensitive, right? You know what I'm saying? So I'm crying. I'm crying. Honestly, he could have been the same mean, the level of mean. He could have been the same. But because you were extra sensitive, like, you didn't know. You you could not, like, you couldn't leverage, like, oh, no, like, this dude is a jerk. But also, on top of that, can you imagine, like, all right, I'm playing playing devil's, devil's advocate, but, like, 
Can you imagine, like, yo, I'm trying to hold my child, and then I got somebody else, mama, telling me what I need oh, to do? Oh, yeah. Like, it oh. was so crazy. Like, I remember she fell asleep one time, and he's, like, in the recliner, and he's just like, my, my mom walked by. She was like, all right, now, you ain't going to be over here in the middle of the night holding her, Ooh. so you need to, she sleep, you need to go ahead and put her down in that carrier, because ain't nobody finna be rocking her around here. That's his moment. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I know he was he was big pissed and offended. So I didn't even know what to say to and you oh, know because wow, it's my yeah. mom, you know, and yeah. I don't want to be like, okay, mom, that's enough. And he wasn't dis- disrespectful to her, right? He never was. Like he was, he oh, would yeah. do. Like he got when she said that, he got up, put her in the carrier, and he looked at me. and He said, "I'm about to go." Ooh. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. Mm. But it made him pull away. Just from parenting, period. Yeah. So if I needed something, if she needed something, it was like pulling hair, and so it would it would go into like these one off conversations we would have. Mm-hmm. We he would be like, you know, you just allow your mom to yeah. talk to me any kind of way, and I was like, I don't really know how to. I don't know how to interject with that. You know, this is yeah. my mother, and yeah. I'm living with her. Th- one. Hello, this is the person, and don't get me wrong. I, I think he's a nice person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that. I don't have many love for him, um, but that's a long, another story. <laughs> I think he's a nice person. However, at the time, like, he lost his job the day my daughter was born. Mm. My I, mother was taking care of us. Oh, he better listen to her. I'm like, I can't really go against the grain here. This lady, when you can't provide for your daughter, she's going hard. She's... Right. Making sure she got formula, you know, because when you first had a baby, they don't give you the wit right away. You got to mm-hmm. buy your own milk. I'm talking about she buying formula. She making sure we good. Like, my cousin was killed four days after my daughter was born. My mom didn't want to, but she up and left to go to Alabama to, you know, to the funeral for my cousin. And I was, my anxiety was on 10 because I was like, I'm going to be here by myself mm-hmm. with this this fresh baby. <laughs> and let me tell you what scared me and what happened. Um, his, he he knew that my, my parents were out of town. His mother and his grandmother and his sister all came to my house. Oh, no. I had a panic attack because he had made comments like, um, huh. oh, you know, she's my child too. Um, I can take her if I want to. And that those are things that triggered my my depression because I was so I was always so afraid if I was in a room with him by myself that he would try to do something. And so the day that his 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 sister and grandma and them came over there. You thought they were going to take her? I thought they were going to take my baby. So I didn't even let them in the house. Like, they're ringing the doorbell. My daughter's godmother lived directly across the street from my parents. And I remember calling her saying, Mommy, you got to come over here. Like, these people are over here. And that that from that moment, she came. I didn't open the door for them until she got there. And when she got there, I was like, okay, y'all can come in now. And so, but she's very passive. She's not my real, she's my daughter's godmother, but she's mm-hmm. not like my mom. My mom is aggressive. My mom is like, oh, no, nah, you ain't coming up in here with that foolishness. Yeah, but yeah. she's just like, okay, you know, but, but I, fe- I still felt okay with her being there. But from that moment on, she called my mom and said, Monique called me, and she was hysterical. She was like, something's not right there. So she was like, you may need, when she goes to the doctor, 
you may need to have the doctor talk to her. Mm-hmm. So w- the next time we went to the doctor, I remember the doctors asking me, are you depressed? Are you, are you crying a lot? Are you emotional? And I was like, my family, like I had, I had my daughter in my hand. I kind of put her in a carrier and I just broke down. And I said, my family is stressing me out. Like, they act like the world is revolving on this infant, and I don't really know what to do. <laughs> and she said, okay, well, I'm going to give you something for that. And I remember she gave me she she gave me this big-ass bottle of Zoloft. I have that now. It's great. And <laughs> <laughs> It's great. It's great. It works miracles. It takes about two weeks to get your life oh, right, but it is awesome you know, blossom. I could not take it. Um, so my mom said that... And I don't remember. I don't recall. I just remember taking it every day. But my mom said I was so zoned out. Yeah. Yeah, it don't really yeah, do that. That's what it do. And I just, I just don't recall. And I remember waking up one day to take my happy pills, and they were gone. Oh, my yeah. mom Mama. had flushed <laughs> them. Mom was like, oh, no. Down the toilet. <laughs> she was like, you're not even here. You're not here. You're not present. But the, the crazy part to all of that was I wasn't neglecting my daughter. She was like, you, you just, she was like, you get up with her, you take care of her, you put her back down, and you just in a whole nother, whole nother world. She was like, and that can't happen. Right. So from there, I just was forced to deal with my depression. So let me ask you this. Did you fear your mom? Huh? Did you fear your mom? At that time in life, I did. At that time in life, I did. Um, I moved out when I was 18. I went to pain, and I never came back. Yeah. And so did you? I, did you tell her? You just kind of just eloped, just, just got out of there? Oh, hell, listen. <laughs> so let me tell you the back story. I, was, I got accepted to Clark Atlanta. She told me that I could not. I think we talked about this on one of the shows. She told me that I could not and would not go up I-20 and waste her money. Oh, well. So my intent was never to go to pain. Mm -hmm. My intent was to find me a job and get the fuck out of her house. Right, right, right. So my then friend, um, she was actually my roommate. She had been my friend, elementary, middle, high, and she was my roommate. Mm -hmm. Um, Shout out to Nakia. Um, She was like, look, we've been doing this for years. Come on, just come. You'll like it. Just come. Just get out of her house. Just go. Right. And I was like, okay, I'll go. But I, I... I was so sheltered as a child. Mm-hmm. When I got to Payne, it was Super Seas on Wednesday. Yes. Uh, the soundtrack on Thursday. Some type of frat party on Friday and Saturday. And I was dreading going back to class. On Oh, and then it was Super Seas again on Sunday. <laughs> so I was like party, 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 party. And I, when I left, I had a 2.75. I lost my Hope Scholarship, which was the only thing keeping me afloat. Mm-hmm. Besides my parents paying out of pocket, and my mom was like, "Oh, I ain't doing this." Oh, she's like, she pulled a plug on all my financial aid and everything. She's like, "Figure it out." So I was like, "Okay." So I came over here. I came over to AU, and a lot of y'all will never remember this, but classes was only like fifteen hundred dollars. El cheapo for the whole whole semester. So three thousand dollars per. I mean, for a whole year. So I was like, "I'm gonna go over there," and I did. I came over here. But then I ended up finding a really good job that was paying me, like, $12 an hour. We're talking about back in 2001. Yeah. So I was like, oh, fuck this school shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, this shit is for the birds and the bees, honey. So, But I was living in College Station, 
and I continued to stay there and mm-hmm. work. But then I was I didn't like my roommates no more, so my grandmother ended up moving to New York, mm-hmm. and so she was like, "Oh, you could just stay at my house." So that's what I did. So I was like just out here living, and then I got pregnant. Yeah. And then when I got pregnant, I moved back home. But I didn't want to move home. I was I kind of feel like I was forced to move home. Yeah. And she was just like. Ain't no room over there at your grandma's house and blah, blah, blah. Who going to take care of you? And, you know, and I don't want to make it seem like she was some type of monster. But she, but she was, was controlling. She was. She still is. Right. And I have to have, like, even so, so now like, I'm more aware. And, like, people don't understand. Like, my cousins don't understand. But they'll say, like, my mama call. Like, she call right now. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. Nope. She have exceeded her three-call maximum today. Like, I I don't have time. Mm -hmm. And she she really, like, tries to still, like, I have to, I can't tell her my day is off. Or she'll be like, well, go by the nursing home and check on your granddaddy. Or go do this or stop by the house. And, you know, she just really tries to control every aspect of my life. I think think that was probably, and and I hate to blame it on mama, but (laughs) that was probably, like, the the thing that really broke you and, uh, um, your baby daddy's relationship. Yeah. Because, it, like, it, like, and then, like, respect to him because he didn't want to, like, disrespect her. Right. Right? But he relied on you to fix it. Right. Right? And I didn't know how. And you didn't know how, mm-hmm. which ultimately kind of broke that because for him, it's like he stuck, you stuck because you're dealing with postpartum, the anxiety, yeah. the controlling, and the fear behind all of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, which caused you to break down. Um, when you when you uh, took your baby to get checked out, and I think like a lot of times like, um, and look, I I just feel like, and I hate to play it like that because it's almost biased because I'm a guy, but I feel like many times the dude don't get a good rep for anything, anything. Yeah. right? It's like if you think about it, um, let's just say it's a celebrity couple, and I don't know, you just make up a celebrity couple, celebrity couple. Huh? Bobby, Bobby and Whitney. <laughs> they, like, they don't always be my favorite. All like, right, so Bobby and Whitney. If the love is like that, right. I want it. Let, let me tell you. So, like, <laughs> anytime something happens in a relationship, the mind automatically go to what, what he, he do. do. What he do. <laughs> what he do. Like, that's 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 everybody's focus. Oh, uh, he messed up. I know he did something, Mm-mm. right? These and it's women like, messing up now. <laughs> like, Very like, true. So what, what, like, what's going to, like, sway... When it's gonna sway and when it's gonna convince the people that like it's 50 50 each side. Like it could be she broke it or he broke it. Like when can it be even even? But it's I don't think it's ever that, right? And and then the stories become easily believable as well. Mm-hmm. When somebody's telling, oh, he was this, he was that. Even guys, like they're convinced. They're like, oh yeah, nah, he a jerk. He, you know what I'm saying? Like right. we'll play into it, like, nah. But I think the reality of it is to go back to it, like. A lot of us start off with depression because we don't know how to express ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I had did like a survey, right? And I asked like over oh, 50 different women. I asked them like, like, give me 10 questions that you want to learn about like just a relationship, just a guy. Like, give me 10 questions. And the main question was, why do men lie? <laughs> that was the Jesus Christ. question. Like, shout every, out to like, them ladies. All, I'm on the all, wrong live. Hold look, on, let's ask that again. <laughs> look, 
<laughs> Wait that, one second. That was the main Jesus one. Christ. That was the main one, y'all. Why do men lie? Like that, like that Ooh, was it. That like was, everybody had that listen, question. That spoke to my spirit, honey. Like, spoke to mine even too. Know what to do? Like, like everybody said. Everybody asked that question. Wait, what was it? So, so women really want to know why do men lie? Yeah, like that was the main thing. And, and I mean, you see the memes now. That's the narrative. Men mm. always lie. Men lie. And somebody even made up some BS. It was some bullshit. They was like, um, they was listening to somebody, and somebody was like, "Oh, women lie to protect." And men lie just to be lying. I'm like, that's bullshit. Why? But be- why do men lie? It's I think it's 50 50. People lie, just people lie. Like they lie for their own benefit. Huh? I think they lie for their I, own I benefit. I don't like the I don't like the the playback or the the story. I lie to protect you. I lie because I care about you. I lie because I love you. Or oh, that sounds stupid. And that is some I, baby I, boy waiting to tell bullshit. <laughs> Some Terry McMillan shit. I think it's believable. I think it's believable. Bullshit. And it depends on the situation. But that was the main thing that women asked. They was like, why do men lie? Right? And so I I had to do research because I didn't even know. Like, I was like, what? Like, all right, so why do men lie? Just to answer, just to entertain them and answer this question, right? Mm -hmm. And what I learned was men were taught. Men were taught to lie. Mm. Like, all right, so we go back. We just agreed and we had a conversation about men as little boys when they grow up right and and they're growing uh, they're they're being raised by their grandparents or somebody just like with their perception of this is how a man is supposed to be which is probably not true but we'll go with it this is how a man is this is how uncle phil did it like right somebody off tv shout right? out to jake <laughs> all right so so the thing is with this with this little boy um because you have this perception of what a man is you won't allow this boy to express himself. You won't allow this boy to um, to do anything feminine at all. Right? It's like, nah, you can't. Nah, what you crying for? Hold your head up. And just all this, I want to call it like a demon almost, like all this beating him into. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, yeah. Like, so in that, if you think about it, so this little boy is being raised to not believe in how he truly feels. So mom say, hey, like, what's wrong with you? At that moment, this gonna boy say nothing. This boy has have to figure out how to tell her without really telling her. You know, it's funny that you say that because not to cut you off. Yeah. Now, I see it now. Yeah. My cousin has a son, mm-hmm. and if he okay, I remember prime example, very good example. They were at my house about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The internet went out, mm-hmm. and he so. I consider him to be my nephew. He's my cousin, though. Mm-hmm. But he likes coming to my house because I allow him to get on Fortnite and play as long as he want to fucking play. Right. My house, people who've been in my house know my house is three stories. So my room is on the third floor. My daughter's room is on the second floor. And then the den and all that stuff is on the first floor. So normally when he comes over, I'm in my room. When I make it to the third floor, ain't no coming back down. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he knows once I say, I'm going upstairs... That's it. Mm-hmm. So he, the internet kept going. We were having some problems, and the internet kept going in and out, in and out, in and out. He had already planned to spend a night. So internet wasn't working, and he looks at my cousin, and he's like, and she was like, what's wrong with you? And she, he was he was like, nothing, ma. And she was like, well, what you looking sad for? Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, girl, you know why he said the fucking internet is out. He <laughs> a goddamn 
I'm joking. <laughs> Shit. These kids love fucking Fortnite. Like, and so I found myself saying Chalet. that to her, but she was like, so, so, and so much other stuff he could do. And now that I'm sitting here in this very moment and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, yeah. I never really understood. Men, men were taught to lie. Oh, shit. They like, I taught. just had a moment. Like, yeah. and, and probably because I've witnessed it. Right. Um, but, you know, it's crazy. And I, I hate to admit this, especially on live. But, like, sometimes I have to, going back to the my mom thing, mm-hmm. um, like she, if I don't answer my, so it's three of us in the house. It's mm-hmm. me, my daughter, my brother. So my brother has given this perception that I'm I'm not reliable, mm-hmm. and I think he has done that purposely so that he won't be the first point of contact. Does that make sense? Sure. Mm-hmm. So he will intentionally not answer his phone. He will intentionally not return text messages. He will, if somebody asks him to do something, he will make sure to do it on his damnedest time mm-hmm. huh. so in the in everybody else's mindset that's like oh i can't rely on you you just you do whatever you want to do so i think he's good with that because he doesn't want to be called on to do shit right however i'm the go-to child mm-hmm. whenever my mama needs something i'm the first person she called hey i need you too mm-hmm. and so when we're all in the house and she knows that we're home she'll call me like I said, she got three three call maximum. And if I feel like it's too early or I don't feel like being bothered, I won't answer. Mm-hmm. I'll initially wait for a text, though, mm-hmm. because I've, I, I feel like I'm teaching her to what's, what's important for a call and what's important for a text, even though she don't like texts. So, but I've learned that if I don't answer, she's going to call my daughter. So when she calls my daughter, she, my daughter comes upstairs and says, um... Nana said, call her. And I say, well, did she say what she wanted? And she'll say, no. Or if I know she calls, I'll run downstairs and say, hey, I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel bad now because I feel like now I'm teaching her to lie. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I don't I, want also, to, but I feel like sometimes. Yeah, because it's for the moment. Like, So I believe that, you know, um, how you do one thing is how you do all things. Right? Yeah. So in other areas of your life, you but I feel like I feel like I'm sorry, I mean cut you off. I feel like me teaching her to lie will also have her lying to me, right? If that makes sense, possibly. Yeah, possibly. I'm gonna knock the fuck out of her. Don't <laughs> <say> <laughs> you in it. You lie to other people. I, I you think, don't fucking I, lie to I me, goddammit. I think you just got one goal, and I think the one goal for you and your daughter is like. To make sure you don't be as controlling as your yeah. mom was. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? How did like, you know? Like, How did you know? Like, I'm just saying, like. <laughs> I tell people all the time, I try my best, my damnedest, yeah. not to be and then, my mom. I mean, mm-hmm. get feedback from her. You know what I'm saying? Like, find out. But, like, I think most, most kids, like, they're in that, they're stuck in that world. And they just, you know, they, they don't. There is no repercussion and there is no, like, moral nothing with lying. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think it's, I think all people do. Mm-hmm. I just feel like men, for some reason, get the, the rep for it. You and know what I'm saying? That's, you're right about that. And especially with children, especially all children, especially with the little boys. Because we teach them to, of course, man up. 
Yeah, um, yeah. Take it like a man, do this, do that. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of them don't come out and tell us what happens to them right. when they're younger. Right. A lot of these kids get molested, hurt. Right. Right. They don't come up and say anything until they become a man. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize they're acting this way because this happened to them as a child. Right. You know, and I always tell my boys, I don't care if you think it's going to piss me off, make me mad, come talk to me. I don't care what it is. Right. right. I don't care if you. I don't care if you think you're gonna go to jail about it. Right. I don't care. Come talk right. to me. I, I always is. tell Caitlin, tell me first. We'll figure the shit out later. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I think it just has to be in practice. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like you got to get, like I ain't, I ain't saying become your friends. I mean your your child's best friend, mm-hmm. but you got to be near that atmosphere, right? Y'all got to be so comfortable with each other where they know that there's no judgment in that world where yeah. they can comfortably like come to you and have those conversations That's which is so which hard. it is it is hard because like you like nah you don't do this you don't do that which shuts them out and then they don't want to connect you, with mm-hmm. you in that world but i think like that that's the root like of the beginning the seed of like depression i think for a lot of men and then they grow up they hurting people you know what i'm saying because of because of that but like i also believe too when i was researching like, all right, if you lie to your mom, like, like that's your sun, first ray of sunshine. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's your first love. Yeah, like, so you lie to your mom, and then you ain't on top shit. of that, you lying to yourself because now you can't express yourself. You like now you believe this that oh nothing is wrong with me. Yeah, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, nah, like so they grow up, men grow up feeling nothing when they when they lie. I hate that because like I said, I see my cousin and how like she she'll say to my my nephew all the time, What you what you pouting for? What you mad for? Yeah. And he'll be like, nothing, Ma. And she'll be like, Yes you are because well you're not giving him a safe space to be able to express that. You're rah 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 and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Never mind. I don't even want to talk about it. And I've learned that with my own child, I've learned to just kind of, sometimes I just throw in the towel. I'd be like, you know what, girl? Fuck it. Just whatever. Right. Holler at me when you when you feeling free. But I've also learned to just, like, pick my battles. Because yeah. I feel like everything was a battle growing up. Yeah. Everything was a battle. Like, my mom would fuss about everything. And I catch myself sometimes because I'm like, yeah. do I really want to fuss about this room, like my mom comes to my house now. She was like, I can't believe how you let her keep that room. And I was like, girl, I got other shit to think about. Right. I don't give a fuck yeah, how that you room looks. Like, <laughs> like, and then that's two different worlds, right? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, like mm-hmm. you keep like, I don't know. That's that's just older people in general. They think like it's supposed to be this way. Yeah, and I used to say to that. I used to tell them, I said, well, we live here. I'm not going to treat my house like some fashion showroom floor. Like, no, we live here. Yes, you might see clothes on the floor. Yes, you might see my sink full of makeup and whatever. I live right. here. This right. is my day-to-day. I was rushing. I probably was late. I left it there. Yes, I stepped out of my clothes and left them right in the bathroom in the floor. It's my bathroom. Yeah. But then I try not – I tell my daughter all the time, it's okay to be comfortable and live in your space – don't be nasty. I feel like it's a difference between living and being nasty. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I told her, you don't want to be that roommate that don't nobody want to be their roommate when you <laughs> right. go to college. I said, trust me, I wasn't that roommate, but I lived two doors down from a girl, and her and her roommate stayed into it because she was so 
nasty. And she probably didn't even and know it. And it's probably learned. Learned behavior. Right. Absolutely. It's it a is, lot it's of different. that. And I and I, I don't feel like like with us, I don't feel like it's learned behavior. I, I do feel like it's learned behavior, but like I didn't grow up like that. Yeah. But by the time I started living by myself, I was like, whoo, we ain't got to clean up every Saturday no more. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and it was just like, eh. But no, we're not going to do that no more. But no, okay, so we are so far off track. But <laughs> so we've talked about ways to identify. Mm-hmm. Um, Mo, you talked about how you identify with your husband. Um, I'm, I talked about how I felt like I was able to identify my own um, depression. But how do you help your mate cope? I think that's the hardest part. Yeah. Um, and I always tell my friends, my my homegirls, and my homeboys too that mental health is serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we no, need to is. take it serious. Um, I I feel more elated with the black community because yes. I feel like we are taking it serious sure. now. But sure. I feel like we've taken a lot of L's to get to where we are now. Yeah. But like I used to, I remember. So I, I want to kind of go back. Um, and kind of tag on to my coping. Um, so after going through severe postpartum, I just was left to kind of deal with the relationship between my baby's father and my my mother. And it was strained for years, but I feel like now that I look back, I feel like that which started there led to his his and I domestic our domestic issues. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um he had a lot of anger towards me for not fixing things. Mm-hmm. And it caused him to lash out at me, like, for years. And I just, and I think I stuck around because I couldn't understand why he was so mad at me. And I was like, well, what did I do? Like, mm-hmm. what? why are you so angry? We were in bliss, like, mm-hmm. months ago or mm-hmm. before this kid was born. So I don't understand how did we end up here. Sure. Um, and he used to whoop my ass. Yeah. Like, not no, I can see no, I, I don't ever recall having uh, a fat lip or bleeding, but I, I could recall like being choked till I passed out and hit. I, I, anybody ever got hit in the face with a motherfucking six pack of soda? That is no. the most disturbing thing mm-hmm. ever because <laughs> I wasn't expecting, maybe because I wasn't expecting that. And he, yeah. like, he, it was like three sodas. I never forget. It was the first time I had ever took my daughter to his house. And his dad was there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you how the things my mom did started to play off on me. I went to his, his mom's house. His dad was there. His dad, first time seeing my daughter. She's about six weeks now. So she was falling asleep while she was being fed. And I'm like, oh, no, do this, rub her back. Don't let her go to sleep while she eats. She hadn't ate today, you know, whatever. So he's looking at me like, I know what to do. And I was like, okay, but no, I'm, I'm showing you because technically you don't know what to do, nigga. You, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Are, yeah. You're not with her every night, so I'm, I'm showing you. So he's like giving me the evil eye. So I'll never forget um, – so his dad held her for a little while. His dad left. Mm-hmm. So she was asleep. So I put her on the sofa. When I turned around to say something, I could just feel his hand come across my face. Mm-hmm. And, like, I fell back. But I had to catch myself because I would have fell on her because mm-hmm. I, I was by the sofa. So I had to, like, 
hold the wall to catch my fall. And I was like, whoa, what is wrong with you? And he was like, you embarrass me in front of my, my father. Like, I don't know how to take care of my child. And I was like, What's going on? So as I'm trying to gather my stuff, he corners me by the door. And he's like, he has his arm, his, his hand around my, my neck. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I know, his sister grabbed my daughter off of the sofa and ran. So now I'm, I'm fucking fr- flipping. I would freak out. I'm, I'm losing it because... Not because your hand is around my neck, because I was, I was like, de- I wasn't, I, w- I don't want to say dealing with that, but that wasn't, I wasn't like thrown off by that. I, w- I was confused because I didn't know why he was doing this, and this was like the first time he had ever physically put his hands on me. So I'm, I'm in a state of confusion. I'm like, well, what is going on? Like, what, what's happening? But when I seen her leave, I didn't know if she was going out the back door. Or what? And now I'm hysterical. So I'm kind of like fought my way off of him. But I'm trying to get to her. And she has locked herself in her mom's room. Mm-hmm. So at the time, she's very young. She's like high school. So she grabbed my daughter because she was afraid. Mm-hmm. But she's in her mom's room calling her mom like, oh, my God, he's hurting her. You got to hurry up and come. So once I got loose, I'm screaming, like, bring me my baby, bring me my baby. And so I was at this time, I'm like, fuck this diaper bag and all this bullshit. We're just getting the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. So by the time I made it, I, she brought my daughter back out, put her in the car seat. She grabbed my daughter's bag, and we just made away for the door. So when I got to the car, I put her in the car seat. By the time I turned around, he had like a... It was three sodas on this. You know how they used to have the little the plastic? plastic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had this so, three sodas on this thing. He grabbed it and went across my face. Now, we, it's, it's like 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. There's a lady standing outside, his neighbor, right across the street. When he did that, I kind of like flew back on the back of my car. She stood there and watched him attack me mm-hmm. and didn't say nothing. His sister is screaming, stop, stop, stop. So by the time I finally, like, worked my way around to get, I had to end up getting in the passenger side of the car, locking myself in the car, and then, like, climbing over to the driver's side. Mm -hmm. So I'm hysterical. I'm calling my grandmother. I'm crying. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, I don't know what's going on. Like, he just lost it out of nowhere. So I said all of that to say, I go, go to my grandma's house. She's right down the street. I call the police. The police like, oh, we don't see no bruises on you. Um, you could go take out a warrant tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I did that. and But I still went back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even like after months. Mm-hmm. Because I was in this, I was 22. I was in this state of, I want my daughter to have both of her parents. Sure. And so when I... It, it 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 got nothing but worse from there. Sure. It got nothing but worse from there. It got extra because at that and like the end of the year, I ended up moving out because mm-hmm. my plan was to only be home for a year. So I I moved out. So when I moved out, it gave him like even more reason to like beat my ass because now I'm in my own home and ain't nobody here 
you know, to stop or interfere with him doing anything to me. Yeah. So the abuse went on for a long time until I just woke up one day and your I remember your brother being on the porch across the street from me and he had hit me about something and he was walking out the door and I you know you you know them plastic um bats that we all buy for the kids, the little tykes. What, yeah, with the and white ball. Yes. yes. So my daughter had one of those and I had I think that was my breaking point. I saw that little bat, and he. I saw the back of his head. He was walking out the door, and I waited until he opened the door, and I, sl- like, just slung the whole bat. And, like, I went to work. Like, I was so angry. I had been being abused for almost two years. No, that's and yeah. it, it just, I was crying, and I was like, he was like, stop, stop, stop. And then your brother came like flying up the stairs and he was like, okay, 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 okay. And I'm just crying. And he was like, hey, bro, you about, you about to get on, you know, or I'm going to whoop your ass, you know, like <laughs> get the fuck on. So he left. And after that, I made sure that I was in therapy because. Did the beating stop though after that? That was it. That was it. That was yeah. it. Most that was time. it. Yeah. I was done. Um, and. I, I, I put my own self in therapy. I never told anybody why, um, but I think my mom knew what was going on. I don't think she knew the extent. Sure. And so once I started going to therapy, she I remember one day, I used to go to therapy every day, every Wednesday at 3.30. And I w- that would be the day that she would pick my daughter up. And she'll be like, well, why do you have to go to the doctor every Wednesday? I said, well, oh, that's when my therapy session is. And she was like... Well, what are you going to therapy for? I was like, oh, because I need this. Mm-hmm. I need this. I need mm-hmm. this. My insurance cover it. And I'm going to go until I feel like I don't need to go no more. And she's her exact words to me were, you need to pray about your situation. You don't need to go talk to nobody about your situation. I hear that a lot. <laughs> and I said all of that. I gave all of that background and all of that backstory because I wanted people to Understand, like I encountered some very severe severe trauma, but for my mother to tell me to pray about it, I felt like was by far the stupidest shit I had ever heard in my life. Because, but but then, even though I felt like it was stupid, I feel like that's how they have been taught to Mm -hmm. deal with trauma and depression. And depression, and I was severely depressed because here I am, young black single mom. I have just been in this abusive domestic relationship for two years, and I don't. I'm just. I'm just trying to get myself back out there. I'm just right. trying to get myself right. healthy. I'm trying to be the best mom I can be. I'm trying to be the best person that I could be. But I feel like I can't even wrap my mind around certain things because of what has happened to me. And oh yeah, I mean I don't pray. I done said a few prayers, but I just feel like that didn't work. No, I don't think I don't think it's like not to look at it like like I'm like the anti or something like that. I don't think I don't think it does. I think for a lot of people, like man, I, I truly believe just on the religious side of things, like I, I truly believe that like you have the power to like if you work for Comcast today, you can turn around tomorrow and go work for AT and T. Right. If it doesn't work out, then stay your ass at Comcast. Like that's that's I, I feel like that's how things work. You know what I'm saying? I also feel like that, you know, like um biblically if God say like put no other God before me, for for that to be like a statement or for that to be a, a 
a sentence at all, like that means you identifying that there are other gods, right? right. So, I, so I, I believe that like we we have the power and the dominion over a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Like think about just just a lot of things that you've accomplished, right? A lot of times, maybe it was grandma praying for you, maybe it was the ancestors praying for you. Many times we become successful at the thing that we become successful at, and we didn't pray for it. It yeah. just happened. We just end up being blessed. But I think, like, yeah, we put a lot of those things that um, that can't fix a lot of problems as in our in our in the black community. Period. We put it on prayer. Like prayer is going to make it work, and it's just not. And I think a lot I feel of us. Like I feel like it, it contributes. I don't feel like it is the solution. You have to put some work into. It. You have to give right. it that push. Yeah, I feel I th- like you I th- have to give it something. Well, I, I believe that like. When the scriptures say faith without work Works is dead, dead right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you praying to something, like when you praying to God, like that's more of faith. It's like I'm hoping that you will fix this. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. And this right. could be a fix, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I believe that, but without the work piece, none of that exists. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so who's I to think, say what the work is though? You know. Well, I think I think it's just the effort, right? Yeah. Right. Had you not fought back, nothing would have never changed. Right. Right. It it wouldn't have ever changed at, in that situation until you until you fought back. We talked about that in a one off conversation. Men will do what women allow. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, so like he could have still tried to beat you after the fact. Right. Right. But the moment you was fed up, it was over with. Yeah. Everything stopped, and I think that's the side that that really made him more afraid. And I think, uh, and I was in therapy for over a year. I was in therapy for over a year, and my mom just couldn't, for the life of life of day, just understand why I was going to therapy. And I kept telling her, "It's not for you to understand. Right. This is actually working for me." And it did. And it's so funny because I feel like therapy in that situation created this monster. Right. And now. I'm so not the person that I would. I'm so, if you met me back then, there would be no way you could be like, that can't be yeah. the same girl. Mm-hmm. Like, But I'm now I'm more, that that has just really molded me into be like a, I'm not taking no shit from nobody right, type right, person. Right. Um, and I never was like that. And I remember when, I remember the first, so once I got out of therapy and I actually put myself out there to start back dating, I started dating your brother and I remember the first time my daughter's father came to my house and your brother answered the door. And he was like, oh, what you need? And he was like, oh, I came here to see um, my child. He was, she, he was, your brother was like, um, okay, um, does she know you coming? And he was like, no. He was like, oh, okay, well, you wait right here. And he closed the door. And so when he closed the door, he was like, uh, your baby daddy out here. Um, do you want me to dismiss this nigga or what? So I was like, no, I don't know why he here. <laughs> and so um, I came to the door, and I never forget, I'm standing in the door. Your brother is standing behind me holding my daughter, and he was like, <laughs> what's up? And so my, my daughter's father's like, um, I came to see my child. I was like, oh, I didn't know you were coming. And he was like, well, I'm here. I was like, okay. Well, I mean, are you trying to take her somewhere or like, what are you trying to do? Because at this time we had a a family domestic charge. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was like a lot of stuff that we could and couldn't do. Right, right. Um, And I hadn't been letting him come to my house. Mm -hmm. So I was a little thrown off with him even showing up that day. But I think he knew 
that like I'm in this new relationship and right, I'm seeing right. somebody else. But I don't think he expected for I don't think he expected <laughs> for your brother to be like, oh, what's good, my nigga? Like so, and I think he thought that he would be able to kind of like push his way or you know push his weight mm-hmm. back into my life right. and when he realized that I was a different person and when he realized that the person that I was with wasn't here for his shit either he kind of fell far far back yeah and i accepted the fact that he had fell back i didn't i didn't i stopped pressing for a relationship mm-hmm. with my daughter with his mom with his sister and I just, like, even that rolled over up until here we are now. Mm-hmm. So here we are now. My daughter is 15. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't put a lot of effort. I don't. If he talked to her, great. She got a cell phone. If he don't talk to her, I mean, it's nothing I could do about that. Right. Because I feel like now we're at a point where he has just stayed in the background so long. It's, it's just, it's nothing to do. But I feel like that has also made her... Um, a little different. I've noticed. So now I feel like I I need to put her in therapy. I said all that to say that. I feel like now I need to put her in therapy. I feel like she has, um, she's dealing with coping mechanisms that I can't really help her with. Like things that she is not willing to talk about with me. Mm -hmm. So now I feel like she's almost going through the same things, but I feel like now she has daddy issues sure um mm-hmm. so now it's just like all of, all of a sudden here we are dealing with not my mental health mm-hmm. but the mental health of my child now and that's like we have to be able to see these things yeah i think um, i think you were trained to see it because you experienced it you yeah. know what i'm saying like but you're right we should be able to identify absolutely those things especially in our children because like um for the other the other other people like that's how your kids end up doing crazy shit at oh, school yeah. you know what I'm oh yeah oh like, yeah yeah because you don't identify those things but even our kids too yeah i i believe i i believe our kids do get down um um, I, I feel like our kids shit, always yeah. are a product of the environment, yep. and they yeah. feel like that's a, a title that they have to always take. And then you yeah. have to remember your kids are a part of you, and they are they do display what you used to do back in the day. Because I see, right. I look at my daughter and I say, "Oh Lord, yeah, decide <laughs> that, decide that's that you got rid of now." So when she right, yeah. so when I look at her and I, the teacher tells me, "Oh, she did this," oh, I believe it. Yeah, I remember the the principal called me about a month or so ago. And told me that uh, Caitlin slapped a little boy <laughs> because um, the little boy called her a homewrecker. Ah, I ain't gonna call somebody a homewrecker. <laughs> she a kid. She, she must How be she in like in. She in high school. She go to Davidson. So okay. when the principal called me, she had me on speaker. You <laughs> <laughs> call somebody a homewrecker, and you like in ninth grade. You're in fifth, you're fifteen. <laughs> so she called me, you're and drunk. she the, the the funny part is the principal. Used to be my chilling coach in middle school. So she knows me. Mm-hmm. She knows me like the back of her hand because I used to give her hell. Mm-hmm. So she called me. She said, hey, Monique. I said, oh, hey, Miss Nee. You know what's going on? Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, well, I'm calling you because we got a little problem. So she explains to me what's going on. I know she has me on speaker. So I said, I'm talking to Caitlin. I talked to Caitlin. And I said, all right, we'll talk. We'll deal with this when you get home. So... The rule was the ruling was she was gonna suspend her for a day. 
And I think she suspended her for a day because the little boy called his mama. And she came down to a school and couldn't fuck up. Which was totally fine, but I wish somebody would have told me right. that she came down there and cut the fuck up because I'd have showed her some real mm-hmm. cut the fuck up. Sure I'd have gave her that old 15th Street <laughs> cut why, the fuck up. Why the parents? Stop taking up for your kids that's in the wrong because you look just as stupid. But, but why why parents be so ready to fight? Yes, God. Why? What's up Listen, with that? I ain't going to lie. I fight by mine, but <laughs> I'll come back to that. So I told Miss Nee, I said, hey, can you take my speaker? I said, because I don't, I don't really want to hear Caitlin hear me say this. So she said, okay. So she take my speaker. I said, I'm my speaker. She said, yeah. I said, she should have slapped the fuck out of him. And I'm going to tell you that. I said, I'll be damned if I'm, I said, she should have slapped his ass and told him to put some motherfucking respect on her name. <sighs> I said, I'll be damned if I'm going to let some little peasy head little bastard tell my daughter that I know he's had some type of dealings with that she a home record because now he got a girlfriend, but he stay, he's still calling her phone. He's still calling her phone. He still texts her phone. I said, you know what? I'm going to deal with him and his motherfucking mama, but she should have slapped the fuck out of him. She was like, so, fuck him so she says, mama. I can tell, I, and Miss Snee, God bless her. She's such a special spirit. She on the phone, she was like, Okay, Monique. Um, <laughs> she's like, well, you know, I don't condone that. <laughs> and but I know in her mind, she was like, yes. She was, yeah. she was like, I don't condone that. Um, I'll be sending the paperwork home. Caitlin could return back to school on Thursday, <laughs> and I was like, okay, whatever. So when Caitlin got home, I had to let her know it's okay to defend yourself. It's okay to stand up for yourself. But you have to learn how to control your emotions. Sure. You could have slapped that nigga when a bell rung in a crowd full of people and hauled ass the other way. You got to know how to maneuver. You know what I'm saying? Lord. You got to know how to do the shit. What you should have did. What you should Right. You, but see, when she fucked up was. Teacher know how to cut up. When she fucked up was, she asked the teacher could she slap him. Oh shit! And oh, my nigga, right, shout right. out to Caitlin. My nigga Caitlin. She she asked the teacher because she's laughing. The teacher said no. So the little girl, one of her homegirls, caused a, a diversion to distract the teacher, and Caitlin went up and slapped the fuck out of her. That's what I'm talking about, Caitlin. But I told, her, I said you got to know how to maneuver in the yeah. in, in the streets. You can't move like that. So you, was this you, a little boy she used to date? So they had some dealings. They used to talk. Whatever they used to do, I don't know. I don't care. See? I'm familiar with the little boy because I remember, like, birthdays and stuff. He would give her money and buy her teddy bears and all this stuff. Okay, I, I remember him. I've talked to him. I, I've seen them on FaceTime, so I'm familiar with the relationship. Okay, little nigga so, out. I slapped him, too. So, right. And, and, and I said all of that to say there has to be a point where... Because I feel like after that, she was severely depressed. Yeah. I think that was a trigger for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because we all have some type of fear of rejection. Sure. Um, so I feel like him, and I feel like she was embarrassed. Um, I feel like because it was like a rumor. It was like, okay, in the home record, she knows such and such got a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and she trying to talk to him. So I think it was embarrassment. But, like, I really, that was a hard time for us. Sure. And and I know we were talking about how do you help your mate, but like how do you help your kids, you know, cope with depression as well? Mm-hmm. Because like I had to really just like, what's wrong with you? Like almost every day, or we had to like I had to make us sit down and talk or go to dinner or like 
almost buy her stuff to get her to like really open up to me. And she's not one of those type kids. Like she don't wear Jordans. Like she don't have to have the latest, greatest. So we could go and goddamn Forever 21 and buy two t-shirts that she lit. Yeah. You know, or heck of a $50 pair of Vans. And she's like, oh, great. You know, mm-hmm. but I, I've almost felt myself having to, you know, create these moments where we are, even though I'm buying her shit, we're just having relatable conversations so I can really get her to open up to me. And that's the hard part with your kids, too. I feel like depression is a disease. It's contagious. I feel like when I was depressed, it fed off on my kids. Yeah. Because when I'm depressed, I'm sad and down. My kids want to know why I'm sad and down. The next you know, they're sad and down. Right. If my husband's sad and down, they're sad and down. And my daddy want to know why I'm sad and down. So it's hurting him to know why I'm hurting. Yeah. Right. You know, it, it's it's contagious. And then, you know, just to see that your daughter was hurting, it's hurting you because you don't know why. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's contagious and it sucks. But, you know, especially for children, it is so hard for them to open up. Yeah. And it was hard for me to open up to my parents about certain things. You know, now I don't have a relationship with my mom, you know, because she treated us growing up. She separated me and my siblings. Like my oldest sister, she treated like royalty. And my middle sister, she just outed me and my middle sister out. You know, my oldest sister got all the nice things. Me and my youngest sister, we got the hand-me-downs. And to this day, my mom just treats us like trash. Like she doesn't talk to us. She don't like us. Mm. She always would say, I'm the devil's child. She mm. just, did, just did not like me. And for the life of me, I stressed myself out trying to trying figure, figure out, out why. Y'all got was different I not, fathers? No, my oldest sister has a different father. My mom treated her like royalty. When my mom married my dad, I guess she had us. But um, she had me and my other sister. And she treated us like pure D shit. Well, did, you ever thought maybe she cared for your sister's father more? He Possibly. was never in her life. What... Um, is she still married to the My dad? parents just got divorced. Um, but y'all knew, like, did y'all know it was going to end? Oh, I knew it was going to end, but I think my daddy just stayed f- to for me and my sister. Yeah. But um, my mom's just a terrible alcoholic. I think she chose, um, she had a lot of stuff going on in her life, but she chose alcohol over us. Mm-hmm. But she still treated my sister like royalty for some reason. Yeah. Nobody knows why. I think it's that. I think it's that relationship. I think. Probably, yeah. I don't. You may not know the the yeah. ins and out of that relationship with um, your sister's father, mm-hmm. but there's something there. Mm-hmm. There's definitely something there yeah. that she probably she probably like. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't know what you have until it's gone, right? Yeah. So she was probably. Like like we do. She was comparing a relationship that she had currently with mm-hmm. an old relationship. Ooh, history versus chemistry. I'm trying to tell you. So and so then like with my sisters now, like now it's caused a divide. Like me and my the, my middle sister and me are like this. My older sister, oh child, we don't we don't really fuck with her. And we used to be growing up, we were so tight. Right. But you know. I'm for the life of me, I'm sitting here trying to build a relationship with my mama, trying to mend relationships with my sister, and I'm stressing myself out. I cut that shit short. Nah, I'm just, done with all y'all. I can't I can't it. help somebody that yeah. want that don't want to be helped. Right. I can't make you fuck with me if you don't want to fuck with me. I'm not stressing myself out no more. But also I think, you know, people like, you know, sometimes like till now, like we never identified depression or anxiety to mean you were sick, right? If you seen somebody who would mentally challenge, you'd be like, hey. They mentally challenge. You know, you will be a little cautious yeah. with mm-hmm. them, right? And we've never been cautious with people who are 
or who are who haven't been diagnosed as depression. And I think that's that's part of like ours. You got one side of it. You don't know how to deal with a situation like that. And then you got the other side. Some people don't even know that they are diagnosed as that or they haven't been diagnosed as yeah. that. I think one of the things to answer your question, though, um, Mo, is like uh, with the kids, I think with the kids or in a relationship, um, you have to find a way. One, I think one of the only solutions that could like really um, attempt to heal some depression, right, is therapy, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the only ways Therapy's because key, you have bro. to, you have Speaking to express yourself. You, you got to express you get yourself. Unbiased you gotta, opinion. Yeah, you got to learn. You got to learn. You got to have those you aha moments. Judge me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, I think the 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 task or the challenge is how to make therapy cool. Mm-hmm. How to make it look cool to your kid or how to make it look cool to your spouse or anybody that you're in a relationship with is because and, and then you can't be like, oh, you depressed, you need to go see somebody. <laughs> like you can't be that. Like Mm-mm. you actually like if you love that person and you have to put that into action, right? Um, um this is something I read a while ago. It's like if you want something to happen in your relationship, then you have to do it. Right. Right. You have to initiate it and you have to create that. Like uh, I'm not. I'm not affectionate at all. We grew up in the street, so like I just. I'm just not affectionate. I ain't with the all that. Like dudes. Are you kidding me? I'm bro? not. I'm not. But that. you know what? I can and see my that. Wife hated. I can see that in yeah. him and his siblings. Yeah, like yeah. my wife hated though. Like I just, I'm just not super affectionate. And I don't think, I think you can learn to be right. I believe that there's it's, opportunity. It can be a learned behavior. I, I think there's opportunity there, but I'm just not. I ain't with the holding hands all the time. All the lovey dovey stuff. I ain't with it. It's just like I don't know. It's just weird. But <laughs> I, I, I do believe that like. If you want something to happen in your relationship, like you have to initiate it. Like you can't just be the one. Oh, he don't do this, or he don't do that. Or Did she you have to use that voice? Yeah, like, you can't. You can't I be cannot. that. You can't be that. <laughs> so what you have to do is you Time have to initiate voice. that thing that you want most. Because like I think one of the most, and I think it's underrated. This is probably the most underrated thing in a relationship is starting over. I think that's so underrated because I think for people's like you in a relationship, you get old, whatever, whatever. And you like, man, I can go with somebody else. I can be with somebody else, whatever, whatever. But you have to now mold this new person to love you the way you want to be loved. And Anybody got time I'm so today. tired of telling people my favorite color and shit. <laughs> like, I don't want to start over. Right. It's like so, writing a whole book I over think, again. I think it's so underrated for those that are in a relationship. But I do believe like, if you want to attempt to help when it comes to depression, even if it, if you have a question whether or not, like, hey, um, what's wrong with you? If you have to ask that yeah. consecutively, there is something wrong. Right. Right. So I think one of the ways to fix it is take your ass to therapy. You take your ass to therapy because you you're aware enough. Let's go together. I'm going to put it on my insurance. <laughs> you, go, you go, you start going and be like, and then kind of like, I don't know, figure out a way to bribe them and going with you and then see what happens. Let me tell you, know you a good example. I remember, and this is, so this has to do with like depression in my relationship. I remember um, my ex-girlfriend was, she was just unhappy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why she was unhappy. I didn't know, I feel like she may, she may have been depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, well, I mean, you should go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And she wanted us to go together. 
So I, you know, did a little bit of research. Not a lot. I didn't put a whole lot of effort into it because I didn't feel like it was for me. I felt mm-hmm. like she needed it. Mm-hmm. We didn't need it. So I found this lady. We went and mm-hmm. it was our first appointment. And it was this white lady. And so we're sitting on her sofa. And I'm just like, why the fuck? In my head, and probably in my demeanor, I'm just like, why the fuck are we here? Or why the fuck am I here? And so the lady's just like not really interacting with us. She's just allowing us to talk, basically. So my ex-girlfriend is in there, boo-hoo crying. Like, I love her. I want this to work. I don't know how to make it work. I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm, I'm not... I'm sad. Like I'm I'm afraid that things aren't working out. I don't know how to deal with this. And I'm like, so the lady looks at me, she's like, Well, how are you? I was like, I'm good. Let me ask y'all this real quick, since she said the white lady real quick. Like, all right, so I've been looking for therapists for a while, right? Um, am I I'm sure it's prejudice. I don't want a white therapist. I don't Me either. either. And you, you're not so you're not gonna find one a black one in Augusta. Um, I've been. I gotta for, find a sister. I have a counselor. I need a sister because I believe like you're not gonna t- find one. You don't have to go to Atlanta. I've been looking for a month for someone for me and my daughter mm-hmm. and. I think they're out there because I like I've I've researched I found people but probably nobody to take my insurance. I like that was the big that was the biggest thing because yeah. I, I'm a little cheap dude, and I don't want to spend a hundred dollars every session. Um, so your mental health not important. Is what you're saying? It is. It is. But so I'm still gonna be strategic. <laughs> I think and on smart. insurance, they need to make mental health a little more since it's affecting more people. They need yeah. to make insurance a little more of a yeah. priority. Yeah. with the mental Definitely. health. But yeah. I need. A, I, I think I need a sister. I need a sister. Oh, most definitely. Someone, can someone relate. relate. Yeah. Yeah, that too. But I think I think y'all had the ability to carry stuff that like me and Ken. You know of what course. I'm saying? We was like, for and, this. Then, and it and not affect you, right? I think I think I don't know. I I, I just feel like I don't know, it's kind of weird, but my thinking is like like I got a lot. Like you know, like I got a lot. You, just you a lot of stuff that we we we've been going through. So like um I don't know, I think I'll break a like a dude like you listening to this and you ain't never experienced yeah. like just the world like Man, you gonna have some problems, bro. Yeah. Like, 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 okay, that's enough for today. Um, give me two weeks to get back with you. Right, I never get back. To you. <laughs> Thank you. So I think I need a, I need a sister um, to kind of give me that perspective and give me that understand. And then I don't like I don't you don't like you don't want to harm anybody in that process because I believe in. But keep in mind, too. these are professionals. Yeah, but also I I feel like I don't know I I just feel like a skilled professional. Woman, like a, like I said, a woman can already take stuff that that men can't, right? Wow. Um. So <laughs> you put that, and she's skilled in that world. I'm like, all right, you got something. Yeah. So I just gotta find one. You might you might be right. I need to go to Atlanta. You might have or Columbia. I, I had a friend of mine tell me. <laughs> he, he, I had a friend of mine that lives here that said he found a lady in Columbia. He was like, "You might want to try her," but he was like, "Never mind," because I don't like her. She's stupid. Yeah. What <laughs> the hell? I, and I need I need a real sister too. Like she got to be like. Yeah, and let me tell you, Atlanta like, is full of them. So you may be able to find. I did find one lady, but I haven't gone back. Her office never got back with me. You may find an office that will do like Skype with you. 
Okay. So that may always and and ask. I always right. ask. I found one lady in Atlanta, and I asked. I was like, you know, do you do Skype sessions? And she was like, unfortunately, we don't. So I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, so yeah. I want to go back to my uh, therapy session. So that happened. So I was like, I'm good. I'm straight. And so she was like, okay. But she never dug any deeper. Yeah. She just let me stay right there at the surface. So then she said, well, I'm a. She gave us some homework. I forgot what it was because I didn't care. I didn't want to be there. So <laughs> when we left, we both felt unaccomplished. Like my my ex was just like, she didn't help us. We didn't do nothing. All I did was cry my eyeballs out for an hour and you at like, you know, whatever. So here we are a year later, a year later, a year and some months later, we're back in therapy. We're at a whole totally different lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're in the session, and you guys are this is gonna throw you for a loop. So we're in the session. I am boohoo crying. Oh, roles reversed. <laughs> I am. I am crying. A lot changed my, in a year. A lot changed in a year. I am boohoo crying my eyeballs out, and she's like, I no longer want to be in this relationship. Oh shit. Mm. And it was funny to me after I took some time to reflect and had like a year or two to myself. It took some time for me to reflect on how much, how much of a difference that year made, and how much of a difference it could have made if we would have had some some better therapy. Because at that point, when we first went to therapy, she wasn't ready. She wanted the relationship to work, mm-hmm. but a, a whole. 365 plus days later, she's no longer willing to stand the test of time. And I am in here praying for my relationship. I'm begging her. And she's showing no remorse. She's just like, no, I'm done. I'm I'm tapped out. I have nothing left. And so, but the lady we went to was so good. Very older, older white lady. And so she let us talk together. And I did do nothing but cry. So she broke us up. So when she broke us up, she let me go first. And she said, why are you crying? And I was like, because a year ago, I was where she was. And she was like, you know what? What are you going to do? Because she don't want this. And at this point, it's no longer about y'all because y'all have nothing. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do? And I continued to go see her. The next time she wanted to see both of us, but my ex didn't come. And she said, you have got to stop forcing her to come. She, don't wanna, she does not want to be in a relationship with you. She's done. She's tapped the fuck out. Oh, that would have made me cry. <laughs> it did, girl. I was crying every, every damn session. You know, I- but I'm telling you, that little old, now, she was good. But she's not like a, she's what they call a life coach. So you may have to be kind of specific in what you look for because I stumbled upon her. She's a life coach. So, um, but let me tell you, I can't remember that lady name. I don't need, I might have her card in my wallet. She got me through like once I kind of gave up on my relationship and just started focusing on me and the things that I was dealing with. I'm telling you, I went to her for a year after my break post my breakup best therapy sessions of my life. Like yeah, I, I think, was actually looking forward to go to, going to see her. I think women can help women though. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't I don't know. I it's hard for me to believe. I don't think men essentially can help men. Mm. Uh, because cuz we 
identify with this like we like magnets. We, we we're, we're the same. same. Yeah, we're but the women same. are the same, and women can go to women. And we can talk about women things, but yeah, a man I, can I relate think, to a man. So I don't know. It's just kind of weird. I, I think. But see, I went to a counselor. She was a white lady, and I was talking to her. You know, a lot of people don't know. I battled with a lot of mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, when me and my husband separated, I got into another relationship, which he drove me insane to where the new I had relationship. A, my yeah, uh-huh. um, to where I had a mental yeah, breakdown, and I was in um. I had a mental breakdown and I attempted suicide at one point and it was just bad. And I knew the relationship was bad for me and like a dumbass, I went back. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, I went back. You know, he was abusing me and things of that nature. I went back and you know, I went through counseling thinking I could make this relationship work. No, you can love I, him I, too. Right. So yeah. every time I went to the um, counseling session with this lady, I feel like if I'm going to this counseling session, maybe we should, I I want this to help me grow. I don't want to relive the past. Why every time I'm coming back, we talking about my suicide attempt, my mental breakdown. Why we got to talk about this every damn Wednesday? I'm in here talking to you. (laughs) Can we talk about something that's going to strengthen me, help me grow? What did you do this week? Um, What about this? What about that? I don't want to talk about what happened six months ago every Wednesday. I felt like I was reliving the past. And I just had to cut that shit short and find me someone else to help me Grow and I mean, people slack on therapy, but that shit works. It helps. I I think um, you know um, people never stay the same. They either get better or they get worse. And if you are not working to become better, then you hoping that you don't get worse. And you can't rely on hope alone. Yeah, it it must take work, right? I think also um, people are not like I I think we're at this point in our life we shouldn't be, but. I'll talk about that later, but um, I feel like like the thing that you go through is necessary to mold you to who you're supposed Amen. to be, right? Like, um, I, I was speaking in uh, Greenbrier, and when I was talking about somebody asking me about when my mom left us, and um, I think the question was like, how do you w- think? And I hate to cut you off, yeah. Because you didn't talk about that. And I thought you were going to talk about that, and you didn't. <laughs> you ain't asking me a question. I, I didn't. I'm an open I, book. But like, you know, we I, let people, <laughs> I, let, I don't know what's what's a trigger for people. I don't have triggers. So we go anywhere. We go deep. Yeah. So, so. how do... Now, you and I have had a one-off conversation sure, about your sure. mom leaving. So give us, a, give us something brief about it. But I want to know, how do you feel like your mom leaving has affected your role as a husband and as a father? Mm-hmm. I think I think early on I didn't. Um, so my mom left uh, when I was about five or six, and at that time I think it was just seven of us, right? Seven of us at that time, and uh, um, we 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 didn't know. We were like, uh, well, I can't remember what was going on right. to make her leave. But when she left, it was just boom. We ain't see her again. Like I ain't see her again until I was like second or third grade. You know what mm. I'm saying? So. Oh, um um, so you you imagine like starting kindergarten like and and the only thing that really made me remember her oh my god this in, in my book that I'm gonna drop this year um um shameless plug <laughs> yes uh, one of the teachers asked me in the class she was like hey what's your mom name mm. and I thought about it and I have remembered I forgot about her oh you know what I'm saying like I was like yo like so anyway I in that classroom I broke down crying because I because I couldn't couldn't fathom why a mother would leave or whatever. Um, but anyway, I think 
um, it has taught me to hold a lot of things in mm-hmm. because you have to. I, I, I feel like with anything, you have to keep moving, right? And you just have to you kind of learn to deal with these things. So, like, I don't think I truly have have faced it, right? Me and my me and my biological mama, we don't, we don't see eye to eye now, but like, um, I don't. I I haven't truly dealt with that. Whereas, like, yo, um, like, and and I don't think it's like reconciliation. I'm looking for. It's just like, you know, I think there are levels to me that that um, I think can uh, can go a little further if I deal with it. And I think therapy is gonna have to, you know, get me to that because I think it's it's just buried down so deep I can't find it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but I have no feeling towards her. I have no feeling. It's like because you have blocked her out for right, so long. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I blocked her out for so long. Um early on in my relationship, like I didn't know like the essence of a relationship. I didn't I didn't know like oh, you're not supposed to do things. You're not supposed to do this. You can't do this. Oh, you should be doing this. You should like all those things I didn't know and I was going off the perception of what my dad did because later we had uh, my, my stepmother came in, so like um, I was going off of that, but he was never there. My dad was never there, so now I had to kind of build a understanding of what being a husband is, what being a father is, like what. So I I actually had to learn, and I had to learn through research, through reading, like truly to understand what it is to be a husband and what it is to be in a true relationship. What, see that being really hard. Yeah. How, how old were you when your stepmom came around? Um, probably probably around third grade. Third third. How do you think her relationship? Like, how was your relationship with her though? It it was. I think it was good until my father died. Yeah. Right. Until my father died, it was it was it was decent. Um, but do you think like she taught you a lot of things, or was she like? The mother you never had, or was she very nurturing? No, I don't think I don't. I don't think I don't care like who you are and what situation you're in. Like, I don't think like you know you like your energy is aligned with the person that's that birthed you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's the connection that you long for. Like, and that's why like. Girls grow up without their father, and they they love their father forever. You know what I'm saying? I like da- I got daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> they, they love their father forever. It's because you align with the person that you know has birthed you or has some hand in that. Um, so, truthfully, um, like she tried her best. She went through hell with us because we was we was bad as hell. Like we was. Excuse me. Yes, y'all was. We was bad as hell. <laughs> Damn. We was bad as hell. She Let went me through tell you hell. Shout out to your stepmama. <laughs> Listen, I remember a few stories. <laughs> y'all were the worst. It was hell. So, you know, for me, it was um, like, she, she tried her best. You know, it was a good effort yeah. towards it. You know what I'm saying? She stayed. Um, but I think ultimately, you like, I'm, I'm inside, I'm still the little boy. That wanted his mom. Yeah. Period. Right. So I don't think I don't think you can ever get rid of that. But it does have. I can't really identify specifically. Um, but I'll tell you this: I hold grudges. You know what I'm saying? It's hard mm-hmm. for me. I forgave my mom. To be honest, my biological mother. I reached out to her and told her that you know I, I was at a place in my life where I knew I couldn't go further. Is and she actually, in Augusta? Yeah. Um, and all this time, she was around the corner. Like no. all this time, so yeah, like it wasn't like it was. Wow. Damn, that was the 
the real thing. Even when we, like, I think I finally seen her when we got to middle school, right? So when we was in middle school, we finally had seen her. Um, and this time she was like in Thompson, right? And um, we went to see her and she couldn't even remember our names. Oh, no. Mm. Yeah. So it was, it and was. How many is it of y'all total? Uh, um, Total is nine of us. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, total of us is, is is nine. But I I just feel like. Um, but y'all 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 crazy look alike. Yeah. Nah. We look alike. Even my I was looking at a picture of uh, Antoine when he was little, uh-huh. right? <laughs> and my baby Kaiser, who's uh, she's thirteen months. They look alike, and yeah. I'm like, Dad, like they. This, you have this to is see crazy. all of them. This is crazy. They but. stupid crazy look alike, yeah. like yeah. beyond words. I mean, if you're looking at it, I'm looking at Adrian or any of my brothers, I'm like, I don't look like you. Don't you don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't look at me. I look at like, them niggas, I be like, oh, y'all got the same mom and <laughs> So, yeah. But no, I, I don't know how, how true, truly, like, it is affecting me other than, like, I do hold grudges. And, and like, because I, I learned this 2018. It's, crazy. I learned this in 2018 that loyalty is a big thing for me. Oh, yes. Like, and I didn't, I never really knew that loyalty Ooh. was a big thing for me. Jesus. Um, But um, leaving 2018, it made me appreciate the people who were loyal. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, Because I had a dispute with my family and um, just friends. Like, I would overextend myself with people all the time. Like Jesus. I, and I was working to help I might, people. I might stand on top of the table and <laughs> shout right now. Because let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, helping people. Like, mercy. And um, it just, it wasn't a mutual thing. When I realized that, I'm like, dang. Like, yeah. I felt betrayed. So, for me, it was like, oh, yeah. I don't fuck with you, bro. Like, at all. Like, like get rid of you. <laughs> like, yeah. it's over. So, Finish him. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, you know, so You're I learned canceled. that loyalty was a big thing, but I think that comes from like where my mother left. Your like, past, yeah. yeah, like, like, because if that was never a thing, I don't know if I would value it that much. When because when people like when you invest in people and they they tap out, I'm like, ooh, like you know what I'm saying? It get yeah. me in a place. So I think that's where I. So a lot of people don't know this, and and then we're gonna wrap up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so my stepfather raised me. Mm-hmm. Um. And everybody who meets my stepfather just thinks that he's my dad. And no, I mean, he is, but he's not. Um, He's not my biological father. Mm -hmm. So my biological father was around Mm -hmm. um, for a while. He was a superstar football player at Grambling State, Clark Atlanta. And then he he was just this spoiled kid growing up. Got to college, and you know, college can get the best of us. Sure, that freedom can really get the best of us, or that spotlight um, can mm-hmm. really put you in a bad place. And my dad was a terrible drinker, um, so after college, he just he literally drunk his whole life away. Mm. And our relationship was so strained because after college, and he came back to Augusta, it was like it was more so he was like my sibling. If he wasn't really like my dad. He never really played a father figure in my life. Um, and I treated him as such. I treated him like a brother. He he didn't have a relationship with me. He didn't talk to me. When he would talk to me, he would be like, hey, so, uh, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just the way he approached me. And I think that I always tell guys I have daddy issues. Mm-hmm. And I have daddy issues because of that. And I, I treat men accordingly. I treat them like you know, 
whatever because I don't value anything that they say. I don't feel like anything they say has any substance. And when I do find someone that I trust, then they ultimately do the same thing that he did. You know, mm. they disappoint me or they leave when they never come back. My dad was always in jail for DUIs, in and out of jail, in and out of jail. And then when he finally um, got out of jail and I had by that time I had had my daughter, I think at that point he wanted to make things right. But mm-hmm. I think it was solely because I had this child. So he was always trying to do something for her or do something for us. Or if I needed something, he would be there. But then... Was it kind of too late? I don't want to say it's too late. But he ended up being diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver. And the doctor gave him six months or less. And he, he died, like... Less than six months. He was diagnosed in October. He died in February. And before then, he was, like, in a nursing facility. And we were, prior to that, my grandmother had gotten sick, and he's her only child. And he just, when she left the hospital, he put her right in the nursing home. He didn't say nothing to me or anything. And so the day I went to pick her up from the hospital, the day I knew she was getting discharged, they was like, oh, she's she's at Golden Living over by a doctor's hospital. I was like, the fuck? And so when I got there, she's in a room crying, like I thought I was going home. So I resented him a lot because of the mm-hmm. things that he had did or didn't do as a father. And then the way he treated my grandmother, like in her last days, like yeah. really bothered me. And you know, I always say, listen, you get your, you get your, you get the shit mm-hmm. you put out there in the world. But my my father died six weeks to the day after my grandmother passed away. And I knew I knew that would happen. I knew that he could, I don't care how sick he was, they were both sick at the same time, but I knew he couldn't survive in the world without her. She had coddled him all throughout his entire life. She had, she she was his, he was her only child. Right. She had, I don't care what it was. I remember one time specifically, he was locked up and I, <laughs> I had turned the click calling off the goddamn phone. Because he would call a hundred fucking times a day. And I had just paid her bills, and her phone bill was sky as high. And I was like, no, ain't no more collect calls. Not today. And he called and could not get through. And she called me and said, whatever you did to my phone, you take it off now. Your dad has been trying to call me and can't call me, and I need to be able to talk to him. And I always felt like she was so weak for him. Mm Mm-hmm. But they had this codependency. Right. After she divorced his father, my grandfather, they had this codependency for each other. And she allowed him to get away with murder, but she knew that he didn't have the skills needed to be able to survive in the world. I mean, that's that's real love, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like even though, like, you know, I, I think a lot of times we put, we weigh certain conditions over others, um, but like, nah, it's like that's what love is supposed to be like, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Many times, like that's what love should be. But I don't think, like, you know, for a lot of people, love is a conditional thing. It's like the moment yeah. you, oh yeah, it's over with. You know what I'm saying? You could. But cut I feel it like off. we've been con- we have been conditioned that way. I feel like, right. or and then I also feel like people put us in a position where you make me, you force me. 
not to conditionally love you. Yeah. Or you put me in a position where you question, right. you know, why am I here? Why am I loving you past your faults, past all of your fears? Right. You know, and you, you're doing things that I can't benefit from but are only hurting me. Yeah. In this situation, no, I, I, I did not like you should cut it off. Hell with that. I ain't cut like that. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the moment, oh, the, like these conditions don't meet. Oh, it's a wrap. Like, nope. I'm, I'm it good. depends. It depends on how deep I am. It depends on how much I care about you, how much time I've invested. You know, uh, I was gonna say, see, the thing for me, like, I hate loops. Like, I hate loops. Like, revisiting the same conversation several times. Revisiting the same point in your life at the same time, like I like I I don't know. It's just something I just feel like you talked about claustrophobic. Like that that makes me feel like claustrophobic when I'm like, yo, like we keep going through the same thing. We're we're not getting past this. I'm tired of this like, shit. We right, ain't doing it no more. With. So like, to prevent it, we gonna cut that shit short. Right. So I don't give up that easy. I don't give up that easy. If I care, well, you love but I, I think I think that has a lot to do with my daddy issues because. There were so many times where my dad would come around and I would be excited. He would, you know, do yeah. good yeah. for a little while and then he'll go back to jail. Yeah. Or he'll do good. And, like, I feel like when he met my youngest brother's mom, he really tried. But I feel like she kind of forced him to try. You know, she would call me and be like, but That was hey, good, though, yeah, right? Well, mm, it, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. essentially, like, you want to get with somebody who makes you better, right? Right. Um, I ain't gonna speak on that because I feel like sometimes I feel like after his death she had a lot of real ill intentions. Um, you know, when people sure. die, money is real talk. The root of Whew. all real talk. Jesus. Real talk. I ain't gonna get into real that. Real talk. Because let me tell you, that's one of we'll the be reasons, here another hour. That's one of the reasons why I'm like certain family members right now. Yeah. I got a problem with that situation right now after my dad died. So mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, she was cool when he was living. Um, but I always, I always thought that when she, when he was with her, he he tried a little bit. Um, sure. He would make, you know. But I felt like he didn't have a choice. She had a son, an older son, and then they had a son together. Mm-hmm. And then he had me, and then he had my other brother. So I think she made it. She tried to make it, but. He was so mean, and you know he had a very strong personality. And when he would drink, oh shit, that he was just this terrible. He was like an old girl, like he was this person you didn't want to meet. Um, so I feel like that rolled off into like my my relationships, and even like with my stepdad, I like I love my stepdad to death. Like that is my nigga. Like he calls me now, he'd be like. Hey, boo. I'm like, hey, daddy. Like, what's going on? Like, you know, we have such a great relationship. But it started off so tumultuous. Like, I couldn't stand him. Like, when him and my mom first got married, I was like, why is she doing this? It's been me and her for so long. Like, take my mama. Now, I had that same problem with Micaiah, Mike Mike's daughter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, we had that same problem. But I think, like, like, as you get older... With the step parent, you learn to respect them in a different way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I definitely, I see, I see that like in my, I've I've seen the wanting the just the relationship to work. I feel like that kind of played off of just wanting my dad around. Like right. I will, I won't give up. 
I'll right. just I'll be like, come on, I mean, we can really do this. Like, let's try this, let's try that. Let's here's this option, here's this option. So I, I feel like that my my daddy issues really play a part into that as well. But um this has been like a really good session, guys. Yes. This is very good. I mean, we've been in here almost a long time. Hashtag, I don't even know. Hashtag, why do men lie? I'm going to go ask that, honey. Because, baby. No, hashtag therapy. Yes. Um, hashtag, get you some help. Yes. Um, hashtag, um, learn how to cope. Yes. Uh, and help your mate cope. And, and learn the signs. We definitely want to make sure that you are aware. That's, that's when you know you are very attentive to your mate. When you can point out... Um, their their depression and they may not even know they're depressed. Th- that's gonna be. Let me tell you, they gonna love you for life yeah. because you may be the person to stop them from doing something terribly bad, mm-hmm. to even hurt themselves or hurt somebody else, or you know, not even hurt themselves, but you know, drugs is real. You know, we all have our vices. So. Um, I my challenge for everyone this week who is in a relationship, whether it's a committed relationship or it's a situationship, or if you the side bitch or the side nigga. That's right. I want you to be able to point help your mate if you feel like your mate is depressed in some way, shape, form, or fashion, or if you feel like something is bothering them. My challenge to you this week is to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Is to bring it up. It, it may be the hardest conversation to have. It may be that oh my god, I would never you know, address that. But it has to be addressed. Um and if that doesn't work, make make therapy cool. Yeah, make <laughs> definitely make therapy cool. I um I talked to a, a guy friend of mine that we kinda like on and off, on and off. But he's like via, even via text message this week, he sounded so just like having a rough time. Like life is getting the best of him. And through the text message, I wanted to hug him so bad. And I told him, I said, you know, I know it's rough. You know, being a parent, you know, being in a relationship, paying bills, like, Ooh, just everything. And I said, you know, no matter, I'm always here to listen. Even mm-hmm. if you want to just go walk down the street, even if you want to just unload in a text message, you know, I'm here, I love you, I care for you. Because we don't give our men enough of that, and yeah. they don't know how to. De- they're dealing with the weight of the world anyway. They yeah. trying to be the best dad, oh, yes. the best husband, the best boyfriend, the best son. Not get killed. Right. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of that. Species. Right. So, ladies, ladies don't be, don't be. <laughs> Ladies, tell your man, good job. <laughs> you are this. I love you. Stop holding back too now because yeah. we expect our it. men to always compliment us. Compliment your nigga. Compliment yeah. your man. If he's out Even there if he's not right, your man. Right. If he your side <laughs> nigga and he taking care of you, you better compliment Listen, his ass. Let you better. Know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, seriously. And, and also, guys, reciprocate that energy. You know what I'm saying? You don't... Postpartum is hard for us. We, we not only have oh, yeah. postpartum... Pre baby, we have it. I mean, post baby, we have a pre baby. Yeah. Um, and then some women, my age especially, are dealing with almost midlife crisis. Ooh, I have a friend who is my age, and she's, I won't say she's, I will say she's depressed. I will. 
I will. I will. We went out for Valentine's Day. I won't call any names. We went out for Valentine's Day, and we had a cry session. But she's a crier, so I expect that. But she just said, she said a lot of trigger things that made me understand that she's depressed. So I make it my business to check on her weekly. I make it my business to ask her, you know, well, what you doing? What you got going on? What goals you done set this week? How you feeling? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Do you feel better than before? Um, check on your friends. Check on your mates. Check on your strong friends. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always our strong friends. We don't really know what's going, what they are going through. Um, so I challenge everybody to compliment Compliment your mate, your friend, your kids, definitely your kids. Build these kids up. We gotta, we gotta do, we gotta pour more into our children so that we can get better results. Um, because if you don't think these kids are dealing with a lot, they definitely are. I, I'm, I'm more afraid for my 15 year old's mental state mm-hmm. than anything. I'm, I'm not afraid of her being shot. I'm not afraid of anything happening to her. Like with, you know. What's happening? So I'm afraid of her mental state. I'm always afraid of her mental state because she's such an introvert. You know, she's awkward black girl, and she shuts down immediately. And so we really got to pour more into each other, build our relationships. And, and like uh, Kobe said, we got to make therapy cool. Find you somebody. Even if you have to Skype, if it, and find somebody, and I'm not saying don't go to a white therapist or don't, you know, support them, whatever. But I feel like support those who look like you. Hello. You know. Support those who know that that's been through the struggle. And, and they don't even have to necessarily have been through the struggle, but I feel like black people can re- always relate, relate to black people. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you can't make it to Atlanta or Columbia or wherever, I'll ask good questions like, can we, can we set up Skype therapy sessions? Is it possible that we can FaceTime? You know, those type of things. I don't give a damn if it costs whatever on your insurance. If you got insurance and you got Medicaid, especially if you got fucking Medicaid and shit, that shit free. $3.99. Use it. Stop going to the ER for everything and find you a goddamn primary care physician and a doctor. And a therapist, excuse me. Um, So definitely, definitely, um, this has been... Great. This has been good therapy for mm-hmm. me. I don't know about y'all, but it was good. I, I appreciate this. This was this was definitely a different turn. I know our listeners probably gonna be like, whoo, this was long. I ain't gonna be able to listen to all this. <laughs> yeah. But long but real. Definitely real. And and definitely a lot that was that was talked about. Um because we don't talk about so much, you know. Um I had a good time. I did too. I had me a good too. time. Thank you, Kobe. Thanks for, for coming out. Me. I appreciate it. I know this was yes. like all morning. I'm sorry. But I need your strength. <laughs> yes. <sighs> I pray in it. I pray for both of you guys' strength. You know, mm-hmm. um, I know I know a lot of stuff that Mo is going through and you know, Kobe and I talk and so I definitely pray um that the week is going to be the best for the both of you. Um you. definitely praying for all my my listeners and hoping that you are coping with any type of depression or you helping your mate and your children cope as well and check on your parents even mm-hmm. though we are we are grown and out of the way check on your parents and if you have living grandparents check on them too i feel bad because i need to go check on my grandfather so i think i'm gonna do that when we get up out of here hop up in that car and go run, run. yeah he right around the corner so <laughs> no excuse yeah.
But anyway, we're going to get on out of here. Bye, y'all. Bye. Conversations with Mo is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Music Play, and SoundCloud. Please make sure to like, rate, and subscribe.